0: Hey, welcome to Behind the Scenes with Sonda, a podcast with a focus on tackling the challenges in the healthcare billing world. I'm your host, Sonda Kunzi, and I'm here to share about the real issues in healthcare billing. On this podcast, I'll be talking about the challenges that face providers every day when dealing with these large insurance carriers, showcasing the barriers that have to be overcome just to get paid. I have over 30 years experience in all aspects of the business side of healthcare, and with my expertise, I hope to provide you with some critical information and support regarding the world of healthcare billing. Together, we can make an impact, so let's dive in. Hey, welcome to behind the scenes for a little solo edition today. I read an article that came through um, a publication. I get an email called behavioral health business. So ups to them. This was a great article, loved it. And basically the name of it was payer ghosting. I loved it so much. I said, let's get on and chat about this. It is really a thing. So today's episode is called payer ghosting. Yeah, it's a thing. What we're going to talk about here is on the side of the payers, how many times they are literally ghosting providers. And by this, we mean we're not getting the proper denials. We're not getting callbacks. We're not getting responses to our provider inquiries. They make the adjudication process very onerous. You have to have access to this particular portal or that portal. Like, for example, uh, there's a carrier out there that you can't directly talk to they want you to go up through the availability portal and those who do this sort of thing understand when i'm talking about availability and how that you have to go through there for certain payers but really payer ghosting again it's a thing and i want everyone to be aware not just behavioral health folks but the rest of the healthcare arena this is a problem that we must address head on you need a very good revenue cycle partner that won't take a denial at face value really this is something you should as a as an organization look at your partner who is doing your billing whether or not you outsources or you have this internally uh staffed this is something you cannot afford to ignore you want to make sure that everyone who is working on your claims does so in the manner that is supportive that is questioning the insurance carriers and that moves forward when the time is right. And I think that it's really important that the organizations get their houses in order. And by this, I mean that, yeah, I'm gonna pick on payers today for sure. But we do have bad actors as far as the community goes and the provider community. And I wanna say out loud that this is a very small percentage. So I am not speaking to those folks they have to actually come to terms with what they do in order to make revenue. And sometimes what it is is good intentions gone bad to try to stay in business. What we're talking about today is literally just the healthcare payers doing all this ghosting or pushing you up to the next level. The behavioral health providers have been in question quite a bit, and we're seeing even more SIU units, and that is special investigation units, be deployed from these healthcare organizations, these payers that are questioning things like outpatient psychotherapy. This is, at face value, a very simple outpatient service that has very descriptive CPT, and CPT just means the current procedural terminology. It's very understood by the industry in terms of what probably needs to be in the notes for that, okay? I think what we are missing as an organization or or these organizations out here is that you really need to treat the treatment plan like the holy grail. And even as I say that, I can tell you that I've been involved in some arguments with payers where this payer wanted that in the treatment plan and then you go to the next payer and they don't want that to be in there, it is very frustrating to be a behavioral health provider with trying to understand every different payer's rules. And honestly, I have not seen this that prevalent in other specialties. Now, that being said, we all know that other specialties have their own cross to bear. But behavioral health, this has been a fight to the finish just to get psychotherapy paid. Let's not even talk about the fact that we have situations out there where we have people in trouble from a substance use disorder type of problem versus schizophrenia or major depressive disorder, bipolar. These things are real. And treating these patients with basically some of these providers handcuffed to what the payers are requiring to be in notes, what the payers are requiring in terms of an organization going through certain hoops to get paid is absolutely ludicrous. We really want to have behavioral health treated the same way we have a cardiologist treated. You are treating a condition that needs immediate attention most of the time And this needs to be, I think we, you know, we've been through the parity laws and things like that, but I think we need to really embrace those now in terms of these health insurance carriers. So again, this great article is talking about how payers are ghosting and there's a lot of information here to back that up. They've talked to several people in the healthcare community. So you will find it as a, a good read. Again, this isn't my idea in terms of payer ghosting, although I think it's a great one and totally wish I had thought that up. But it's called Behavioral Health Business and you can usually get it dropped into your email. So I think that our problem here is our providers are really uh, facing I want to say adversity when it comes to speaking to insurance carriers, whether it's up through a portal asking for an appeal, whether it's the special investigations unit, getting them on the phone. And by the way, when you do get them on the phone, most of the time they're not willing to tell you what they're looking for. And I get it. I understand that from the other perspective, but I don't see these places working with providers to resolve the issue so that the provider who isn't intentionally doing anything wrong can make the adjustments they need and move on. I think that we allow payers to do a lot of things because they have the money to do so. What do I mean by that? They have lawyers. Basically have a lot of money and a lot of lawyers so that these providers and smaller organizations cannot get through to them or get paid for their service. I think we really need to work on this. So what can groups do to make sure that they get paid? Well, I think you really need to go back to your contracts, make sure you know what it requires from your payers. If you're dealing with Medicare, then it's federal law and a local coverage determinations or a national coverage determinations, get those out. Make sure you're looking at things like that for payers. We do have a lot of payers putting these things out on their website, so don't ignore that. There'll be things about behavioral health for the treatment planning, for an assessment, whether or not it needs a provider's referral for that types of service, and whether or not you need to be submitting treatment plans every so often, etc. But what I can say is for sure that you have to be diligent on your end. Don't allow a denial to come through and just go, well, they denied the claim. You have to feel go after it you have to be aggressive you have to ask the questions when we've done this and by the way we i am talking about my own business and the part of it that does behavioral health billing we take a lot of time on the phones on portals dealing with emails to people and what you can do as an organization is really get a hold of your contracting rep the person you sign the papers with who may or may not be there but i'm just saying from that aspect if you are the provider and you're jumping in that's where you want to go you want to get to that person who will hear you out because a lot of the times i can tell you and people who are listening to this are going to shake their heads right now saying as billing companies as billers in the offices we are calling up and we're getting people on the other end of the phone that don't even know the rules that is super frustrating because what happens to me is that a lot of these providers will call, they'll get an answer that's completely contraindicated to what the rules are, and then they come back and ask, and I have to say, you have to call somebody else because you got the wrong person on the line. That's super frustrating. So remember, if you're getting involved at a provider level, get to the contracting rep or the provider relations representative for your area let them hear you out and hopefully they can do what they have to do follow all your contracts appeals process one step out of line that you make and it's not in the appeal process mode literally can mean whether or not you're going to get paid or denied on a full claim and if you have been treating a patient for a long period of time this can be a significant amount of dollars So also, I think that you need to make sure you know what portals to go into. Like I had mentioned, there are provider portals and there are portals that providers use like Availity where several payers are on that one platform. So make sure you understand that. I think, too, I want to bring out something I saw a couple of weeks ago. This was fantastic. It's New York related. So if you're from New York, listen up. New York fines five Medicaid MCOs $2.6 million over behavioral claims denials. This is also a great read. And you can actually see the five health plans that were fined for not paying appropriately. The MVP health plan, and by the way, that's public again. It's right there on the internet, right? Great for Google. million for failing to pay claims at required rates and failing to reimburse providers at the required rates. One thing I can tell you about New York is I have been involved with some New York organizations. These are special uh, organizations recognized by Medicaid. And I cannot believe I found out that they were paying higher acuity evaluation and management codes, right? The office visit, the med management. At the same level as a lower acuity, they literally had the same reimbursement rate. I don't know how any provider organization or provider type can allow this to happen. And maybe this article was about that. But in that, I can tell you that they were literally paying the same amount for let's say a condition that was not under control, that required heavy medication management, looking for interact drug interactions and things like that, that takes larger percentage of this provider's time to think through, to not make any mistakes with medications and to manage the patient. They're paying the same amount for that visit. They, they pay for like the one problem, stable, maybe meds, maybe no meds, And that is crazy to pay the same amount for a higher acuity problem that the provider has to spend more time. So hopefully if this is still happening and you're listening to this and you're in New York, get on that. Do not allow things like this to happen. It's just not right. And nobody in the other systems, there's no way that a cardiologist, orthopedic, or an internal medicine provider would accept that kind of rate blending. This is again something where we have to be vocal about it. I think also I just want to kind of wrap this up because yes this is a vent session but listen if you're listening to me and you are a behavioral health provider or even another specialty where you feel like you're not getting the right reimbursement or you're seeing a lot of denials Make this your time to flip the switch on and get aggressive. Again, I'm not talking about the aggressive bad actors. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about good providers who are just trying to get paid for the services that they do and trying to get paid fairly for that so they can stay in business and continue their mission for taking care of their clients, patients, whatever you want to refer them to And behavioral health. are kind of interchangeable. So make sure, you, after you listen to this, you do the right thing. Start bolstering up your denials management. Find out what claims have been denied for. Find out how to mitigate those and get paid for them. There's a lot to unpack in this, but today's the day you've got to turn around, get your voice, get your people working, and make sure that you are going to tell these big payers that you're not going to stand for unfair denials hope you enjoyed today and hey stay safe it's wintertime crazy weather here in cleveland we had about a foot of snow yesterday <laughs> hopefully where you're at you don't have to deal with that Have an awesome day thank you so much for listening to behind the scenes with samba remember you can make a difference by sharing this podcast with others who are experiencing the same struggles. The more we reach, the more chances we have to create a community of like-minded people who want to impart change to the business side of healthcare. If you love this episode, please don't forget to rate and review. Until next time, stay curious, stay inspired, and keep learning.